Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Gallant, and I want to welcome you to another Cape Conversations. Guess where I am? I'm at the new police and fire complex, and it is so exciting because I'm going to be talking to Chief Burke of the fire department. So come along, and we'll have another Cape Conversation. Oh my gosh, I am with the most wonderful person that I think I've known for a long time. <laughs> he is our fire chief here in Sandwich, Massachusetts. Fire Chief J.J. Burke. Good to see you, Melinda. Nice to see you. Thank you. So we're sitting in your new digs. Yes, very exciting. Uh, we moved in at the end of August. Yeah. We actually had a soft opening. The first week we brought a couple of administrative personnel up to kind of get things going. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of us moved in the last week of August. We've mm -hmm. been here about two months. Mm -hmm. um, things are going great. You know, growing pains when you move into a new place. We're right. tweaking a few things, but uh, otherwise we're thrilled to be here and we support, uh, appreciate the support of the taxpayers for approving the, the construction of the structure. Excellent. Well, it's beautiful, first of all. Um, so tell me, what happened to the old building? What's going on down there? So uh, the Route 6A station downtown mm -hmm. will still be maintained. Uh -huh. Minimum of three firefighters will be there. Uh -huh. And then, as you know, last June, we renovated the East Sandwich Station on yeah. Route 6A. So yeah. that'll have three people. That's great. And then the old uh, Station 3 on Route 130 will be the topic of, I think, Article 3 at Special Town Meeting Monday night yep. for the town to authorize to sell the property. So once it's sold, it, so I could go in and I could have a fire pole in my house? Unfortunately, we don't have it there. <laughs> oh, darn. Good, good try, but yes, we, we do not have it uh, in that, that particular station. Okay. All right. Well, great. So, so tell me about this facility. Uh, you know, Cape Cod has, has grew a little bit, and then it kind of shrunk. Mm -hmm. And we are losing, I know, population here in Sandwich, school-aged children, mm -hmm. which really was forecast a long time ago. Yep. And I think some people didn't pay attention, but that's another issue. That's the reality. <laughs> it's the reality <laughs> of it. So um, why this facility? I mean, it's, I mean, you're built, you're here. Mm -hmm. But why was it necessary for this facility now at this time in the town of Sandwich? So I think there's a couple reasons. The first one being the, the, basically the, where the population is. Mm -hmm. The majority of the population is south of the highway, south of Route mm -hmm. 6. So having uh, the majority of people out here, we thought this was the best location. The town is actually uniquely set up geographically. It's 42 square miles, 28.4 are actually residential. The other 14 are at the base. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a uh, base property that counts, but 28, roughly 28 uh, square miles is occupied by population. Mm -hmm. um, and the roadways to get to places, the we have standards that we try to meet that are national standards, and it's eight minutes mm -hmm. or less to arrive right. at any I, emergency. I yeah. So with the placement of the station here and the maintaining of the downtown station um, on 6A and the other one in East Sandwich, mm -hmm. we're about 95% we're able to get to everybody within eight minutes. I think the important part of the placement here is the people in South Sandwich. Sure. So Holly Ridge, uh, Ridge Club, Great Hills Drive, Highfield Drive, those areas of South Sandwich that were 10 or 11 minutes are now down into the 6-7 range. And minutes mean, mean lives, I mean, in right. terms of uh, response. So I think uh, the, where the population is, uh, the central location here is important. I think the, um, having a compliant facility. You know, we mm -hmm. have female employees, and, mm -hmm. and if you ever saw the other station on Route 130, <laughs> 
I had say, I, I did something there a while ago. Yeah, the bedrooms yeah. and the kitchen were all in one. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was so crazy. The, here we have um, you know male female bathrooms, locker rooms. Uh, the the bedrooms are private. So I think from a compliance standpoint, it was good. Uh, administratively to get out of the 6A station, which was flood prone, mm -hmm. uh, to have our vital records up know. here. Um, yeah. I had seawater from the, the March storm uh, almost two years ago now. Um, was in my office, never replaced the rug. We just ripped it up and left the concrete on the floor. So now we're in a central location where if there is a, a threat of coastal flooding, we can still have full operations out here. I'm not worried about vital records being, being right, lost. Right, right. Um, well, that's curious. So it did, I know, the, so did the police station with flood, yep. floods. Um, but I do have a question. Did you have to, does the town have to pay for flood insurance on those buildings because so they're there? I'm assuming they do just because I mean, it's I in. Just, you know, just yeah, a, I think I that's know. part of the standard. Yeah. Uh, and I know the town's working on looking at different grants to provide some mitigation. Um, mm -hmm. I met with the Woods Hole group about four or five months ago. We did a walk around of the 6A station downtown. Yeah. And we looked at some mitigating measures to maybe redirect water uh, from coming into the station. The good news is, is a slight elevated pitch where, no way. And, and some of the old timers that were on the department were telling me the stories from the blizzard of 78 and some older storms mm -hmm. where the water would come in uh, the back of the station and go out the front, but it never <laughs> impacted the offices because there was a two inch lip, so it never right. got higher than that. Um, but I think, you know, trying to find some measures to prevent flooding we have everything elevated downtown now, so mm -hmm. uh, even if floodwaters were to come through, our, our vital supplies are at least elevated, yeah. and, and uh, so we have a plan for that. But uh, being out here has is, is really been, it's been an excellent change, a good morale booster. Oh, yeah. You know, when, uh, when you're in a tight space like that, and it's old, and things are breaking, and you come out here, and, and everything is modern and, and up to date, it's, it's really a good feeling. You rotate the staff down there, the firefighters. Yeah, so we, we usually do our staff rotations. Um, <clears throat> so they'll spend a couple months at each station. Yeah. Um, we're, we're looking at a station bidding process where you get a permanent assignment for a year, mm -hmm. and then you can jump to another station. Uh, but everybody has at least worked in the station now the last two months to get a feel for it and, yeah. and how things work. So, no, we're very, very pleased. Will you ha ever have... You were talking about female firefighters and male firefighters. Will you ever have that station down there with just female firefighters, like if, three female firefighters? Yeah, we had three on the, yeah. on the How department. How many do you have now? We just have one now. You have one. Um, is she an EMT or is she She's an EMT in paramedic school, and she's a firefighter. Wow. Uh, she's a Sandwich good. High School graduate. Excellent. So, um, you know, You're looking for firefighters. <laughs> yeah, good local people. I think uh, that's one of the things that we talk about now, and it's a different workforce that's out there now. Yeah. And and what we're trying to look at is people that are that are committed to the community. Sure. And that's hard to find. Uh, honestly, we've uh, as chiefs, we've talked about that on the Cape, where it's difficult to find employees that will stay yeah. and for various reasons they move on and it's not like it used to be and I'm not opining for the way things were we, <laughs> we have to look forward but that's part of our strategy right. in hiring and, and retention of personnel having a new station actually helps with that sure so people that are looking for jobs interviewing one of the things they're going to do is look at the department look at the makeup of the department, um, the facilities, and what that looks like. So sure. having this new facility here, I think, is, is going to be huge. helpful for that, yeah. yeah. And you, there aren't volunteer firefighters at all in town. No anymore. more, nope. Right. So yeah. those well, are how gone. How long ago so did those go? Because when was, I moved here in 80, there were. Oh, there were a ton. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. Uh, There was over 100 at one point, yeah. and uh, it fizzled out in the mid-'90s. Um, there was probably, when I started in 93, there were about a dozen 
And then by the end of the 90s, we were down to, once they retired, then we just didn't, um, didn't, re didn't refill yeah. uh, the program. So, and that, that you see Cape wide, uh, that's, you know, not a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, people can't afford now to drop what they're doing and actually respond. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, as difficult as it is, that's something that can't, can't be done. So we, we have what we have, 49 full-time staff, including wow. myself, the deputy chief, Tim McMahon, yeah. uh, Lisa Malcolmson's our administrative secretary. Yeah. Um, so I met her this morning. Yep, she's very pleasant. <laughs> yes, and she is. Uh, and again, that's that's the full compliment. So when we come into work every day, we have a minimum of 10 people on duty, 10 mm -hmm. firefighters, and that's what we have. We need to try to recall people due to multiple calls. We, we attempt to do that, mm -hmm. but not all the time do we get people back. So. Uh, the interesting part is working with the other chiefs in the neighboring towns. We're all yeah. in the same boat. So we all kind of now put together the same strategy is what's a good number to have for uh, the start of a shift. And if right. we have 10 and Bourne has 10 and Centerville has 10, you pull those resources together. If something happens, we have 40 or 50 people potentially that, right. that can respond. Um, did you respond to the fire that was... I guess allegedly sat at a home in West Barnstable or in Barnstable. That was the one Saturday, right? Yeah. Yep. I did not respond. We did send an ambulance. Okay. Um, so if it went to a fifth alarm, it went to then, a third alarm, fifth yeah. alarm, we would have gone. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, th we did send our ambulance and that's an agreement we have with Barnstable mm -hmm. is uh, anytime they go second alarm or greater, we provide an ambulance out of the East Sandwich station. Mm -hmm. And the good news is they, you know, they're, the way they used to do things, they always disregarded that station because it wasn't staffed. Right. But now that it is, it's like, yeah. oh, this is great. We have a resource yeah, that's close, backup, yeah. and, uh, and we're able to, to help them out, which is great. That's wonderful. So tell me about the building. What do you got in this building? I know so you've got bays for your We trucks. do. So the, the, <laughs> I think it's important people understand the original design did not include where we're sitting right now. This was not part of the original design. Really? It was set up to just be a substation to replace the one on Route 130. Yeah. So it's a pre-engineered building. So the, the, where the apparatus is, and we'll take a look at that later yeah. when we walk around, is almost like an erector set. Wow. So it literally gets pre-engineered and then put together. It's not like a standard So it's a prefab build. house, only it's prefab. a prefab fire station. Yep. So it's like building blocks. You building can add, blocks. Now, can you add to this? What's the So amount? we could if we had to. So what yeah. happened was when looking at the budget, there was room to be able to move the administrative offices out here. Yeah. This is what they call the alternate that we're in now. They were able to add the space wow. on, which is great. And, and what I like about it is it's not huge and overwhelming, at least the administrative. I can see and be with everybody yeah it's not like my office is tucked away in the corner somewhere and i can't converse with staff or you know or people coming in the general public coming in so i like the size of the um the alternate add-on here and i just like the general size of the building itself it it's suitable for what we need mm -hmm. and you know when you look at uh are there any extra frills no Actually, the, the things that are, are extra here, the two chairs that we're sitting in right now, I did uh, invest <laughs> in the conference chairs and the, right. the large training screen television right. here were two things yeah. that weren't initially in the plans that I said these There's are things. There's no indoor pool or anything? No indoor pool, no sauna. Um, <laughs> the kitchen and the family room are all combined. We'll take yeah. a look at that. But yeah. that's, you know, yeah. one big open space. Uh, it's easy to maintain and it's easy to get around the building. It's not, uh, you can't get lost here. Excellent. Put it to you that way. <laughs> That's a good thing, I guess, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. Right. Excellent. So where does the department go now? I mean, here you are in this new building. Um, you're a relatively new. You've been around, what, two years? Yep, uh, July of 18. So yeah, yeah. 15, 16 months. Yep. Yeah. So 
So obviously you're going to be here till you retire. Yes. That's the hope. Yep. Oh yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> so I guess, you know, looking down the road, looking with the Cape the way it is today, um, and uh, we'll discuss how traffic impacts you, summer traffic impacts you in a minute. But mm -hmm. where do you see it going? I mean... So we've already... Uh, and part of my task is... When I was deputy chief, my job was to handle the day-to-day -day operations. Mm -hmm. So I've since handed that over to Tim McMahon to handle. And, and what I look at is where are we going to be five years from now? You know, what, what do we have to set ourselves up for? One of the things we just did uh, recently is we extended our residency requirement which can be controversial at, at, at some point. People say, why would you allow a firefighter to live, you know, 60 miles from here potentially? Mm -hmm. and, and the answer is it's twofold. One, we don't necessarily rely on them to be coming back like we used to in terms of off-duty. There's a call. Oh, that you have to come back. Sure. You have to come back. That's why we try to staff to the, the 10 or 11 people that we, that mm -hmm. we have on duty. The, the second part is the cost of housing, housing. Yeah. is very, very difficult. And it's, to retain employees and get good candidates, you know, we had to look hard and say, maybe we need to expand residency to attract better candidates. Sure. And if, if you live in Plymouth or Kingston and you're settled, you're, you know, you have two kids and, right. and you know, what's a, what's a 25, 30 minute drive right. to work? So and it's the commute. Well, it's sort of. It's a right, sort right. of a reverse commute. <laughs> yeah. um, it's still difficult sometimes. But it's, yeah. uh, you know, they work 24 hour shifts, the, the right. line personnel here. So, you know, and they work uh, a day on, they have a day off, they do another 24 on, and then they get five days off. So it's only a couple times a week you're right. asked to drive down here. So and that is that a full-time person? Yeah, that's a full-time person. Yeah. So that's what we looked at, and as chiefs, I shouldn't say just me, but the, the chiefs in general, especially down Cape, they're having a more difficult oh, time yeah. Oh, yeah, with housing, sure. is maybe we have to expand our residency a little bit to attract right. good candidates. Uh, but it also affords somebody the possibility here that if a home opened up, outside of the, what was our um, radius before, right. that they have the opportunity to take it. And it could be an inherited home through a family right. member sure. to improve quality of life. It right. could be that they have to move and take care of a loved one. Yeah. And instead of having to try to figure out how they would do that, we have that, that buffer. Um, I would say that you know maybe 20% of the staff would take advantage right. of, of, of living in that uh, distance, but it's, the option is there, and I think we wanted to... A, afford our current staff that opportunity right. if they needed to, and B, hopefully it attracts uh, candidates to actually come work here. And has there ever been talk with the town fathers? Um, I've done some work with Hack and mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> those folks, Alyssa, mm -hmm. who is really Magnati, who is amazing mm -hmm. executive director there, and her talk about accessory buildings. Has there ever been talk about, oh, gee, maybe we should have something that we offer up for firefighters and mm -hmm. police so that discussion has happened Cape-wide is how can we retain. I think, honestly, I think what you would see that more is down Cape yeah. with the issues that yeah. they're having. Um, us having the ability to expand the, the living radius and living as close as we do to the bridge right. affords people. I mean, there the are certain, certain sections of Plymouth that are seven miles from here. Right. And well, so, Sandwich is actually across the and bridge. We have, that's right. We have the Phillips Road section that right. uh, is Still over there. Still can't afford it. But, but it's, it is in Sandwich, technically. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're in a little better spot for that yeah. where we have some flexibility um, to be able to offer people that. But mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I looked at even a couple of years ago saying, the way the housing market is going, mm. and just the way employment is in general, um, mm. you know, we may need to think about expanding 
our living radius to see what happens, see if we are able to, uh, like I said, attract good candidates and also provide a buffer for our current employees in case something happened. There's nothing worse than if you have a life-changing event oh, sure. and you're required to move off Cape to, for whatever reason, to take care of somebody, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your, your, your yeah. job. Right, especially that. if you're good at it. If you're a good employee right. and you're, you're loyal and you've been here and, and you know, that, that should not, uh, and some of it's temporary, it's a year or two, but yeah. at least it gives people the opportunity and sure. the comfort level to say, hey, if I have to do this, I can do this. you know, yeah. the, the chief, the town, everybody yep. is, is supporting this. So I yeah. think that's important. Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's talk traffic. Sure. Let's talk traffic and emergencies. Yeah. Okay, so I uh, am... Uh, on the Cape Cod Chamber of Commerce. I mm -hmm. seem like I feel like I've been on it forever, but this is my absolute, they've told me my last year, That's which it. I'm kind of glad. <laughs> Believe it or not, I love being on it, but I'm kind of glad it's done. It's early meetings. <laughs> anyway, um, I also sit on the bridge, the bridge fix committee. Mm -hmm. So I went to the board, I happened to go to the board meeting about the bridges and whatever, and I obviously am a proponent for it. But what worries me until those bridges, and they are to happen in my lifetime, I've heard, although Good. you guys may be making emergency runs to down neck <laughs> for me, I don't know. Um, they, uh, it's going to be a while. And last summer on July 4th weekend, I think we had as many people that you could get on Cape Cod that you could get on Cape Cod. Uh, I got stuck thinking I was going a back way oh, yeah. uh, from Falmouth through Mashby to my home in Town Neck by cutting through all these back roads, which was great until 1.30 in Couture Road. We're backed up. The backup. And it was, I was an hour and a half. Yep. And I thought to myself, if there was an emergency, I don't know what it would be. It could be anything. Anything. Yep. The power plant blows up. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Yep. Something. How in the heck would you guys get to anything? Yep. I understand that cars move out of the way, but... Sometimes it can slowly, <laughs> slows everything down. Yep. Um, and then I found out, because I asked the question at the chamber meeting, I said, why does everybody know this? And it's Waze and those yes. kinds of those kinds of The smartphone uh, applications, right. yep. So I guess my question is this. Can't you guys do something about that? So it's interesting because four years ago when I was deputy, I started to mm -hmm. see the, the traffic problem stuff. Right. And at the time, Chief Carrico and I discussed a plan saying we have to have a traffic plan or mm -hmm. a trigger for where we in, implement the traffic plan for our department because otherwise we're going to be left with response times 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, at least. So the original uh, plan was written and what happens now is we're constantly monitoring. You'll see on some screens, each of our stations have um, a live weather screen, yeah. but it also has traffic. Uh -huh. So we can start seeing where the buildups are going to be. And what we do is you bring in extra personnel. Is that right? Yep. And we actually, not stash them, that's the wrong word, but we bring them to the, <laughs> no, to the station. So, right. and just to give you an example, if it, let's say it's Sunday afternoon and the downtown Route 6A station is heading to East Sandwich to back up a crew down there. Right. They could make it down there in seven minutes. That's not the issue. The right. issue is turning around and coming back, back. 45 to 50 minutes on the yeah. return. Right. And, and legally, we're not allowed just to put our lights on and... If we're not responding to emergency, we can't put our lights on to come back sure? to the station. Are you sure? I thought sure. I think the police put them on to go to Duncan. I'm not going to speak to the police. 
or speak of the police. I'll let Chief Wack handle that one. But I'm ask him the question. Uh, you ask him that question. But we uh, we looked at it as let's bring some extra staff in. Now, that being said, this new station provides a great location to bring extra staff in. I see. So what we do in the summer is we bring the extra ambulance out here. Mm -hmm. So extra staff can make it here easier than they can downtown sure. or to East Sandwich. But there's trigger points that we look at. I'm watching the, the, the traffic all the time on the weekends. And the irony is, and I tell people this, Sunday afternoons are bad. They can be mm -hmm. difficult. Saturdays, depending on between the 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. when people right. are checking out. But what we saw this year, and I think was people know weird. Monday. Monday's nuts. Monday's were... 1.30's backed up, coming out of sandwich. Before, I, before we moved out to the station... Um, I would go home for lunch. I live in Lakewood Hills, mm -hmm. and I go home for lunch, and at 12 o'clock, I'm driving back Quaker Meeting House. It's backed up to the high school. Yeah. And the service road's backed up, and I'd spend the rest of the afternoon working from home because I couldn't make it back to the station. So now we look at our traffic plan, and we're looking at Mondays. Mondays seem to be just as bad, and it's the same choke points you know, there's only yeah. one way to get out of here. It's right. over the bridge or it's 6A, <laughs> right. and we happen to be at the end. Right. So we get every, all the backups here. And, yeah. and people have noticed it, the 130 backups to the car wash, you know, yeah. heading towards Route or 6. further back. Sometime. Further back, Katua yeah. Road. Katua Road. You know, and it's like, wow, this is, this is a, a unique challenge that big cities face all the time. Right. New York City does a great job with it because they have a fire station every four blocks. <laughs> So they Different can afford thing. to do that. Right. But with us, we had to look at it and say, what makes the most sense? We're going to have to invest in some extra uh, overtime for personnel on certain traffic trigger days that we right. say. Right, and, and you know, I mean, we're pretty clear on what the peak days are. Yeah, yeah. We you have know. a good idea, you I think, know, going in. We, we look at the weather. Yeah. If Sunday's going to be a lousy day, yeah. you're going to see it earlier. If yeah. it's a nicer day, it's going to be later. Right. Um, right. But Do that's a unique challenge. Do you actually move vehicles? Because, I, you know, I used to manage Metro Commons 100 mm -hmm. years ago, and we did all those big fireworks events and yep. symphony events, and I used to work with George Baker was mm -hmm. there then. Dear old George, I shouldn't say that. He'll get mad at me. I'm old. He's doing great. He's, he's enjoying doing, retirement. He's enjoying retirement yeah. and making a ton of dough, I think, too. <laughs> he's having a good time. Anyway, he uh, used to, around town, around Mash, because everything from the rotary back, mm -hmm. you know, probably three or four miles on all those intersecting roads would stop. Yep. For fireworks, because of the symphony, people getting in and getting out. He yep. loved me for that. <laughs> but he would actually put vehicles in certain places yep. you know, so we, to make it, sure they As part help. of our traffic plan, we have, um, if they're responding into the downtown area from an outlying station, yeah. there are staging areas where they will go as far as a certain point, and if they're truly needed, they will continue, otherwise they will turn around. Um, we have adequate vehicles at each of the stations, just mm -hmm. having the extra manpower to drive the second truck. Or So what we do is we, we look and, and we'll say, bring in two extra people for you know Station 3, which is here, gotcha. and, and downtown. So we have at least those areas covered because the, if the first crew goes out, you can try to call people back. They can't make it to the station and right. it takes them an hour. Yeah. So that way having that extra crew sitting there for the next right, call, right. they can get yeah. right out. Yeah. Um, and it's having the foresight to know when to pull the trigger to do sure. it. Yeah. That, Once you see it's starting to back up, it's like, okay, let's right. bring the people in now. If you wait till the traffic's already settled right. in, you've, it's defeated the purpose. Right. They're, they're right. still taking an hour to get yeah. in. So yep. those are unique challenges that, uh, that's very unique to us and to Bourne. And, right. and we, we talk about that all the time where the Bourne station over in Sagamore on high peak Sunday afternoon, 
traffic exit days will handle everything over on Phillips Road and Scusa Beach, right. which fall in our jurisdiction. Um, conversely, Friday afternoons, we will handle everything from the town line Sagamore Inn up to the market basket. Sure. So at least we can get an initial response there. Right. So those are the things and the discussions that, um, that we have to have to provide the best service, I think, to the, to the community. Well, just recently there was a little fire or a big fire or something at the plant. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I mean, of course, I live in Town Neck. So I get to hear all the comings and goings. Oh, all the sirens. All the sirens. And that's already makes it a little more exciting. Although I, a friend of mine came from California. She said, you live in a little tiny village. Why is there so much noise? <laughs> it's very busy. It was because you're busy people. Yeah. I said, it's all the old people. Anyway, um, what, that wasn't a big deal. Nope. But boy, you guys responded quickly. So with that, it's interesting. So I spent... Nine years before I was deputy chief, I spent in fire prevention. Mm -hmm. And so the, when the initial Unit 3 design back in 2004, I was part of the initial review for fire suppression and the, the, the key components. And back then I started thinking, once this is done, we have to have a unique response yeah. to here. It's a very unique facility. So we have a special response car just for the power plant. So what you heard that day is, is basically a piece of that response. And the thing is you need to have these, and they're very specialized units. It's not just a truck from this department. It's a truck that has a 2,000 gallon per minute pump. Wow. There's only five of those on Cape Cod. Wow. Two of them are in Chatham. And West Barnstable, um, we have a, uh, an engine like that and over an onset over wow. the bridge. So, you know, we have a very specific requirements is what we need to respond. So yep. that's what you heard that particular day. Um, and it worked great. I mean, in that's terms great. of, uh, it was a very manageable small fire. Mm -hmm. Every, su the suppression system, Everything the, worked. the plan worked. <laughs> it was good to run through it. Excellent. Um, and, but that's why you heard the, the sirens. It is a unique, uh, it is a unique sure. response. Sure, sure. Yep. Well, all I know is this is fabulous. And I want to thank you for your time, thank as you. always. Yeah. So call us to come back if something new and exciting comes yeah, up. Yeah, if we add a few things. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we're, we're we want to hear away. about it. We're, I mean, let's let the community know. Yeah, we, we do know? have the, um, I will say we do have an open house Saturday, the, oh. the 26th. Oh, great. Uh, 12 to 3. Excellent. We'll be here, bring the kids. Um, we're, yeah. we're piggybacking on the trunk or treat event for oh, the police, sure. yeah. which is 10 to 12 at Oak Crest Cove, and then yeah. you can come here. Excellent. We'll have pizza and things for the kids to do. Good. So, Good. Um, But yeah, we're happy to show off the building anytime. The taxpayers paid for it, so. They get to look at it. They get to look at it. Excellent. Yep. Um, well, you'd be surprised the number of people that watch this show at 2 o'clock in the morning. So if you get a call at 8 o'clock the next morning from somebody who said, hey, I saw that show and I want to come take a look. I want to come take a look. Yep. You'll let them. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you, Melinda. Good to see you, Chief. Yep. My pleasure. Chief Burke, wasn't he sensational? Told us everything we wanted to know about this building up close and personal. And now we know we have a fabulous fire department that'll keep us safe in all kinds of weather, in all kinds of traffic, and in all kinds of emergencies. It was so great talking to him. So come along next time and we'll now have another Cape Conversation. Cape Conversation is a Sandwich Community TV podcast hosted by Melinda Gallon. You can listen to her and all of our other audio shows through Spotify at Sandwich Community TV or directly on our website at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org. Stay tuned for future content.